Hello, hello, hello. Oi, oi, Savaloi. Welcome to Dickens and Quips, the podcast that takes the yoot out of Yates. Join me, Dee Dickens, as I wander around showing you a world that isn't only populated by old dead white men. Well, firstly, I have to say apologies for the lack of episode last week and the fact that this one is going to be a day late. Uh, this week, I have been quite the poorly person of late. Um, on top of that, I have had to do uni assignments um, and I need to stop saying um today. I don't know what it is. Maybe I have two weeks off and, and I can't do this anymore. Oh, that'd be terrible. No, no, I'm only joking. So, yes, apologies for the lack of episode last week and the fact that this one is going to be late by a day but I have been a very poorly bunny and I have had a really tricky uni assignment to get in but I'm back now so it is all good in the hood as the youth used to say in about 1986. So this week I have Hannah Edge with me. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I am very, very excited about, about this for reasons I will go into shortly but first the official bio. Hang on to your hats, it's a long one. <laughs> Hannah Edge is a 36-year-old poet based in the Midlands, England, surrounded by 70s terraces, run-down high streets and secret pockets of luscious willow trees, woodland paths and lakes. Oh. She has been writing poetry since she was six when she would split her time between reading everything she could lay her hands on from books to shampoo bottles and writing everything she could lay her hands on her parents huge 90 computer toilet paper her own body the walls sometimes even with plain old paper she has identified as a poet since the age of 16 when she was first published in Girl to Girl, a diva magazine anthology. Not long after, she attained a BA with honours, a Bachelor in Arts of Honor, with honours in imaginative writing, where she focused primarily on her poetry and discovered a love of prose. During this time, her poetry and short stories featured in Poetry Pool 3, In the Red and Little Giants magazine. Hannah then spent a decade traveling, exploring her mental health and sexuality, marrying and divorcing. Busy woman. In 2019, she found the courage to show the world her poetry again. She was shortlisted for the 2019 National Poetry Day hashtag speak your truth competition with her poem Autistic Sensibilities. Since then, she has been writing ferociously like the six year old she remembers, finding joy in language, emotion, and memories. Welcome to the show, Hannah Edge afternoon <laughs> hello hello this has been a long time coming hasn't it it has it, it has. really has long overdue <laughs> what the bio doesn't say is what hannah means to me we bet on a mutual friend's facebook thread about books and bonded over a love of robin hobb I soon discovered that she was a poet and a bloody good one too. When I set up with Poetry Press with Joe Thomas, it was a no-brainer that we would sign her up. No-brainer at all. It was She was one of the first three names that we mentioned when we were like, okay, shall we do this? And 
happily she said yes though she didn't realize i'm gonna like <laughs> call you out on this she's such a sweetheart she didn't realize i was trying to sign her up for a whole collection and thought i just wanted one poem for an anthology yeah. it, <laughs> her little voice when she was like what what yeah. when she realized <laughs> So, um, my good mate, my animal crossing buddy and poet extraordinaire, Hannah Edge. Yay! How are you today, Anna? Fantastic. I have cream eggs and I have beans and I have lamb defrosting, but don't tell the boyfriend. So, I'm in a good place. Don't tell the boyfriend about the lamb? Yeah, there's only enough for one person and I'm going to before he finishes work. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's, okay. that's evil isn't it <laughs> it is quite evil but then uh, i don't know i kind of for lamb i'm kind of with you yeah it's the only meat i'd do that with like yeah i'd share some tidbits but not my lamb no no no, no. It's all lamb. no lamb it lamb it oh <laughs> you've got me really wanting lamb now and cream <laughs> eggs my poor bladder eat the stuff for me eat it I all will. for me <laughs> <laughs> So this is the section before we get on to what Hannah's going to talk talk to us with, talk to us with, talk to us about. My God, can you tell I've not done this for a little while? Um, the what's your reading, D. Now, being as this is a Hannah Edge special, I have been reading from her upcoming collection, Those Days These Days. It's it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. I'm going to read you the blurb so you know what it's about. Hannah Edge was an out tomboy before it was cool. I'm really proud of that because I wrote this blurb, obviously. Yeah, that, I, that, I love that. I love that. I was like, yeah, I like that. This, retros <laughs> <laughs> this retrospective introspective takes us through growing up, coming out and the adventures that took her through it all. In this collection, she looks at love in every form, from exploring her sexuality to poems which declare her everlasting love of football. This is a ferocious, sometimes furious, but always but bittersweet must read that will have you hooked from start to finish. So there's football, there's sexuality, there's gender, there's politics, there's all sorts of stuff and and it's lovely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read two poems from it. And the first one is which was the last poem to go in the collection. And I'm so pleased it went in. Uh, because it's probably my favourite. So really? this is, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's the start of the third third stanza mm. that gets me every time. So, yeah. My fingers tingle with anticipation. I close my eyes, scared that when I open them, you'll have gone. It would have been a dream. Numbness creeps up my arms. My shoulders weaken with fear of the unknown. We're told it's wrong, but it feels so, so right. Our bodies lock like the key to my bike chain. I want to wrap my arms around you, but I'm scared. Scared of when to stop, scared of what to do. 
My toes have left me. They're on the ceiling with the rest of my body watching you touch me, caress my neck with soft, damp lips. Your lipstick leaves a mark, tells the world what we're doing in my bedroom, door locked parents at the supermarket. I clasp my hands in yours, squeezing tight. Your eyes hide secrets and I'm scared. Scared of where you are. Scared of repercussions. I peel back your t-shirt and touch your belly with the tips of my trembling fingers. The tempo of my breath rises as my fingers drip with nervous sweat. As I struggle with the button on your jeans, your hands read out, reach out and touch my chest. I fear you'll feel my pounding heart and stop. But you smile and kiss my neck. Your hands wander over my body, stroking every crevice, arousing every sense. Gravel crunches outside the window and we freeze, half climaxed, pause without breath. Footsteps across the driveway, a click as the front door opens. We unlock our bodies, dive for our clothes, red, flustered, silent. Kneeling on the floor, we try to finish our discarded game of Monopoly, mutely agreeing on our secret. So that is by Hannah Edge and yeah it's probably my favorite poem in this collection. I've never heard somebody else read my poetry before. You're not? Really I've really not that was that was totes emotion. <laughs> was it? Really beautiful yeah and you read it how I wrote how it how it is in my head. If I was to read it perfectly it'd come out like that. Oh thanks. Yeah, wow, that was really cool. <laughs> Saying that about my own poem, but it was just, I loved how you read it. Yeah. You know what? I think this is one of the things that poets need to do more. I think we mm. need to say, actually, no, I really like that poem of mine. And I mm. think it's, it's lovely. I really enjoy hearing other people read my poems out. Yeah. Because I enjoyed that. Because they bring something new to it sometimes. Yes. And and it's one thing reading it out yourself, but when you're reading out your own poem, you're thinking, oh, that line doesn't scan. Oh, I mm. need to change that word. Oh, there's an adverb in there. I didn't need that. It's what you yeah. think is the thought process. When somebody else reads it to you, there's a kind of a detachment where yeah. you can actually just enjoy your own work. Yeah. It sounded better than I actually thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, that's oh, good. Oh. I like that. Who wrote that? Oh, it was me. Oh, wow. Shit. <laughs> well, the other one I'm going to read of yours is um, one that hit home all too well. Um, I am, uh, as we were discussing before we started recording, I am a child of the 70s. I was born in 1970. Um, I was born when Section 28 was still in place as well. And yeah. we had the big, the biggest joke in our playground was, are you a lemon tied to a tree? And when you said no, they go, oh, lemon on the loose, because lemon was the slang word for lesbian. If it makes you feel better, I used to have the song Oranges and Lemons sang at me with particular emphasis on the word lemon. Lovely. Uh, yeah. Oh, kids are yeah. shitty. And It'll even more... Yeah, <laughs> even more so when they're backed by government policy to be and so. Parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I can tell you a few stories of parents tell, teaching their kids the wrong way to, to behave. Yeah. From the mouths of babes, shall we say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm blessed I had parents that would completely shut down any of those comments if I came to them and said those things. They'd yeah. be like, that's, yeah. that's bullshit. Don't yeah. think that. Don't think that. Yeah. Let's go and have a cup of tea. Stepdad's best mate, who is gay. And he doesn't give a shit because he's a real man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was very lucky to have that as my, you know, the people that were were, were teaching me values. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's 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 that's. I didn't quite have that. I had somebody who tried, mm. but kept getting it very very wrong. But at least they tried. <laughs> but they didn't want it for me. It was yeah. fine for other people. We could be tolerant of of lesbians if it was other people. I I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But not for my girls. Which is why it's still hard to come out, even when you know that your parents don't mind gays, because there's still that. Oh, but what if that means no grandchildren? And oh yeah. I mean, it doesn't also, mean what no. To tell your auntie Sue and and yeah, so it can still even when you know they might accept it within the four walls. I know we had problems in Spain because of that, and it's very Catholic over there. And yeah. my mum is very liberal, but at the same time, she was terrified about the village that we lived in, knowing that she had a lesbian daughter because yeah. of the repercussions. And it wasn't even that she gave a shit about the repercussions it was that it would have a knock-on effect and it would make it difficult to just live our daily lives in the village yeah, and yeah. around our friends and things um yeah, yeah and having that conversation with me must have been really hard for her to be fair yeah. um, to to say i need you to hide a part of who you are yeah that 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 hits home on many levels where it mm. comes to our sexuality and a neurodivergence. Mm. The whole idea of masking who you are at all yeah. is just really quite painful. And okay. I've been guilty of it myself with my own yeah. kid, not with the sexuality or the gender stuff. I was, I was apparently perfect with that, but with the neurodivergence stuff, I, I did to my shame ask my daughter person to mask a couple of times just yeah. to make things easier for me, not realising that I was masked. It was all very complicated. Yeah. Yeah. But So the second poem I'm reading of Hannah's is Keep It Under Wraps. Because this one broke my fecking heart because I'm not going to tell it, because I identified all too well with it. Though. oldest poem in there this doesn't surprise me that poem is 20 years old and yeah. it still stands the test of time <laughs> and it's yeah if i'd read it 20 years ago it would still give me goosebumps now so this is keep it under wraps there goes my girlfriend hanging with her friends giggling at cute boys and discussing makeup tips no one knows a thing yet because that's what she wants. Walking by myself, trying to keep stum, yearning to go to her, to kiss her and say hi. She wants us to, she wants to keep us quiet. She wants me to tell no one. 
but meet her later on. We'll go up to my bedroom, listen to 70s punk and kiss sweetly, just like other couples. Her parents think we're friends. Best mates, says her mum, oblivious to our intimacy. Keep it under wraps, she whispers. My mum's a homophobe. That's Keep It Under Wraps by Hannah Edge from her upcoming collection, Those Days, These Days. Um, yeah. I used to write on my body. I wrote that one on my arm. Did <laughs> you? The first draft, I was. it was after an exam in my GCSE exams and I'd got time to kill like 20 minutes because I was always quite quick with exams. Um, and I had a pen and no paper. So I just came out all over my arm and I remember they pulled me to one side afterwards because they thought, oh my God, there's writing all over here. We need to check, we need to check. Check it wasn't like, studio exam. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't. And they read it and they were like, oh, okay. Well, that's quite good, that is. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you included it in the collection because I think it's important. I think it's important to understand that there is still, still young women going through yeah. this now yeah. i mean we we, we take the mickey we call it like just gal pals we yeah. we have tropes for it now we have names for it we do we didn't have those names back then no. we were, we, i was a pioneer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes you were <laughs> yeah. because i was out as well and that was something that i would have to deal with as a teenager because i was openly gay from 13 14 to, to even associate with me was quite hard for, for somebody yeah. who was trying to hide who they were. Um, so, yeah, I had a couple of friends and one of them we did have, we did date and that that is a direct experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose just, I, yeah. It gets <laughs> me how the word bittersweet is in there and the whole poem's bittersweet. It's, mm. it's lovely. So... Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. So here is my favourite part of the show. I absolutely love this. It's question time. Stop it to me then. The guest oh. interview. Such trifling things as <laughs> Hannah Edge. Why is poetry important to you? Every time I hear you ask this question to other people, I answer it myself, but with a different answer. <laughs> yeah. It's instinctive for me, um, would be one of the main reasons. I've, like I said, I've written since I was six, so it just comes naturally. I can't think of a time when I didn't write in the poetic form. Prose came later, um, yeah. even though I read more prose and read more fiction. I did read poetry. I had lots of kids' poetry books when I was growing up. My mum was amazing with that kind of thing. Um, and also because I think in moments rather than... I, when, when I picture a scene I hone in on one split second of that scene rather than mapping out the whole scene I just want to focus on that one tiny thing and just pull it all apart and see what's underneath and, and unwrap it and that's what a poem is to me a lot of the time uh, which is why they're usually quite short for me my poems are not very long are they and it's, it's literally just that moment in time that I pause close my eyes with that snapshot and that's what I'm writing about so that yeah. makes that makes a lot of sense that really mm -hmm. does make an awful lot of sense that honing in mm. on an event I was um reading when I first started writing poetry about how, there was somebody had asked 
how do I write a poem about my dad? And this was something I was very interested in because I was trying to write a poem about my dad. Um, and the answer was, well, what did he do? If he liked apples and always carried an apple in his pocket, write about the apple. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Because then writing about the apple, you're then talking about the man. Yes. So the idea of honing in very sharply on a moment or an object or mm. one feeling makes a lot of sense. And I can't remember which one it was who said it, but was it? It was Dervla, Dervla O'Brien, when she came on the show and she said, um, it helps me take the big things and write them into little things and yeah. the little things and write them big. And mm. I really loved that as an answer. It's a beautiful answer, and that, that is exactly, that's in a nutshell what, what you're doing. I mean, I love writing prose, but I find that I'm rushing too much, and I'm like, I'm having to jump from each moment, and I just really want to stand still and admire that moment for a second. So yeah, writing prose is way more draining for me, like, like emotionally and creatively, because I'm having to think of a thousand of those moments and just <laughs> mention them, not actually unpick them. Um, and with what were you what are you saying about like with writing about your dad as well? I mean, there's a couple of poems in my my book, isn't there? At the beginning yeah. that refer to childhood with my dad um, and the positive sides, like positive memories. Because yeah. even if you have shit going on in, in your life, there's always something beautiful that you can pull out of it, and you can just zoom in on that and just look at that beautiful moment and smell the smells from then and ignore what was going on around it just look at that look at that tree stump and and remember what you did with it and and how it's all about imaginative play um absolutely yeah. absolutely easy for everything it really is isn't it yeah. this is this is one of the reasons i set up this podcast was because i wanted people to understand that poetry isn't just wandering lonely as a cloud yes my best mate last night was asking about my book and whether she was getting, she was, I'm going to buy it, but I'm not sure if it's going to make sense. And I'm like, that's like, that's such a common answer from non-poetry readers. I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's all right, mate. This isn't Wilfred Owen. As much as he's amazing, it's not Wilfred Owen. We don't, we don't <laughs> make it and then make it, you know, we don't cover the image with a load of crap. We just tell you the image. You know? Yeah. Contemporary poetry is all about stating it Boldly but beautifully, you know what I mean. There, there is hidden meaning. Bang on. The meanings are bang on. They're already in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said, and I said, well, if you don't understand a poem, no poet that I know would be offended if you said I didn't get it. No, nope. at all. They'd want to know what what didn't you get? Have I missed something as a poet that needs to be, you know, do I need to go back over this poem and add something for those readers, yeah, yeah. or is it just that it doesn't maybe tick their boxes a bit like? R&B leaves me cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's going to be poems that I... I said that there's poems I read, and I'm like, you are, eh? Read it again. Nope, nope, still don't get it. Read it a third time. No, I just don't like it then. It's just not for me. It wasn't written for me, you yeah. know? Absolutely. Poetry. Um, it's like, it's every genre, isn't it? Whereas yeah. people, people either read crime, or they read fantasy, or they read rom-coms. Poetry covers every single genre in one tiny little book and yeah. you know what I mean so even yeah, yeah. my favorite poets 
there's poems of theirs that I'm like, eh. but then there's poems that they've written that I'm like, oh my God, this is why you're my favourite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a massive Anne Sexton fangirl and an Ellen Bass fangirl. And there's poems of both of theirs that are my absolute favourites. Um, actually, I wasn't going to read anybody else's poem today, but I'm going to, I think, because sure. why not? Why not? I am going to get up an Anne Sexton that I really love. Um, because the way you write reminds me sometimes of the way she writes. And because I've never read, well, no, I've read a couple of her poems, but she's never actually influenced me at ah, all. Ah, so, so cool. oh, I just, I just love her. She just had this real, right, let me find it. Letter. To my lover. Oh, I do think I think this is one of now. Yeah. It's a good one. There we are. Okay. So this is my favorite um Anne Sexton poem, if for no other reason than the um the closing lines. It's mm. just stunning. And the poem is called for my lover returning to his wife. She is all there. She was melted carefully down for you and cast up from your childhood, cast up from your 100 favourite Aggies. She has always been there, my darling. She is, in fact, exquisite. Fireworks in the dull middle of February and as real as a cast iron pot. Let's face it, I have been momentary, a luxury, a bright red sloop in the harbour, my hair rising like smoke from the car window, little neck clams out of season. She is more than that. She is your have to have, has grown you, your practical, your tropical growth. This is not an experiment. She is all harmony. She sees to oars and oarlocks for the dinghy, has placed wildflowers at the window for at breakfast, sat by the potter's wheel at midday, set forth three children under the moon, three cherubs drawn by Michelangelo done this with her legs spread out in the terrible months in the chapel. If you glance up, the children are there, like delicate balloons resting on the ceiling. She has also carried each one down the hall after supper, their heads privately bent, two legs protesting, person to person, her face flushed with a song and their little sleep. I give you back your heart. I give you permission for the fuse inside her throbbing angrily in the dirt, for the bitch in her and the burying of her wound, for the burying of her small red wound alive, for the pale flickering flare, for the pale flickering flare under her ribs for the drunken sailor who waits in her left pulse for the mother's knee for the stocking for the garter belt for the call 
the curious call. When you will burrow in arms and breasts and tug at the orange ribbon in her hair and answer the call, the curious call. She is so naked and singular. She is the sum of yourself and your dream. Climb her like a monument, step after step. She is solid. As for me, I am a watercolour. I wash off. What an ending. Oh, right. I wash off. Oh, water. oh that's beautiful. Isn't it? I have read that one before, and that one did get me in my little heart strings and go tweak, tweak. So, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you read that. There'll be um, more Anne Sexton at our writing group tonight. Hannah is also a member of Roth Writers, which is a writing group that I'm also a member of and have been for a while. But tonight, the founder and facilitator, Christina Thatcher, who you will remember from such episodes as Christina Thatcher and whoever was reading it and Christina Thatcher, because um, <laughs> I do have her on a lot. Oh, she's worth it though. Oh my God, she's amazing, isn't she? She is amazing. Oh, well, she's wrapped, I think, for Christmas for my mum and my boyfriend. I don't know who, I gave them a big shopping list for Christmas. It's yeah. Books, and Christina's books are on there. So yeah, can't wait. Well, um, she's got another event tonight and it is Roth Writers tonight. So I'm running it for the evening. So I've chosen another Anne Sexton poem for oh, nice. So next kind next question is what kind of stuff are you writing, Hannah? I'm doing a mixture to be honest. Um yeah, because every day I'm writing at the moment, as you know, because I tell you every day and send some of it to you and get you to rip it apart for me. Um, yeah, I'm doing a bit of prose, weirdly, which is fun, um, which started last week when I was reading a book that was an actual fiction and wasn't fantasy for once, uh, wasn't Robin Hobbs for just this one time. I thought, you know, let's divert and go into the general media section, um, general fiction section, I mean. Um, so I'm writing prose, which is fantasy. So lots of dragons and monsters, which is brilliant, and fairies because you've got to have fairies. Obviously, but they're cool and they're not. They're not cheesy fairies. Like they've got a bit of a mean streak about them. Um, so proper fairies. Proper fairies, yeah. not those wishy-washy fairies. Yeah, it was supposed to be young adult because that's what I tend to write with my fiction. Yeah, but it's I don't know whether it's going to end up being more adult. To be fair. We don't know how violent it's going to be. (laughs) 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 But the main characters are teenagers. So ideally it would be young adults. So I might remove some violence if it gets too much. And then poetry, lots of poetry. I'm I'm doing uh, magazine submissions and that's fun because it's like getting myself a prompt and it's also giving me deadlines, these markers to like, because I'm, you know, it's hard to give myself deadlines. So if I can find deadlines to give to myself, then it yeah, yeah. motivates me. That's that's how I'm motivated and I don't procrastinate then because I've got a mental, oh, I need to get this done. Um, so yeah, a bit of everything, to be honest. It's been fun. Awesome. And um, what have you been reading? Because I, I just, know you're an avid reader. I am an avid reader. So I've read loads of poetry recently. Um so I read Maya Angelou again because I was looking at it for this. 
And I was like, well, whilst we're picky, let's just enjoy. <laughs> let's just do the complete works again because it's Maya Angelou. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, Maya Angelou, beautiful, my favourite poet. Um, and I've been reading the book that I was on about, which is called The Binding by Bridget Collins. So it won awards. Um, I can see why. But it's not how I would write. I think she needs to put out on the conjunctive words. I'm sick of the word and. It could be a third shorter if she removes some of the conjunctive words. Oh. Uh, yeah. But I think that's her voice. And yeah, so, yeah. like, if I'm not her editor. <laughs> I'm, I'm nobody's editor. God, no. So, but I think that's a style choice. And it's just a style that I'm not a massive fan of. It, it's... I think she used to do children's fiction and yeah. knowing that it makes sense as to how it's written. It feels more childlike, um, but there's an amazing twist. I mean, it wasn't a twist to me. I got it straight away, but I, most people wouldn't. Um, and I don't want to say why. Um, it's kind of got fantasy undertones, but it's not fantasy. I don't want to say what genre it is because that would ruin the twist. Um, but right. I, would it. I would recommend it, definitely. And I think I might give it another read just to see um, if I was being too judgmental about the word and and whether I can get over it. <laughs> so you say you're not an editor. <laughs> <laughs> I just think a comma is so much better than than listing things and having and for every single one. What, where, no, commas, please. The only time I ever have done that is when I was writing a piece in my creative nonfiction class in first year and I wanted the voice to sound specifically childish. That's why I think it was intentional and, and it was done from the first person, but the second half is done from a different person's first person. And she slipped back into it a couple of times. Right, okay. So I think it was supposed to be this one character's voice. And, and that I am cool with as much as I'm not a fan of the voice. It's she, yeah. she was consistent. But then in the second bit, I was like, oh, no, it has gone. And then it slipped in a couple of times. And I was like, uh, uh, it's back again. I'm going to be yeah. hypercritical because you won awards. So I'm allowed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're allowed to like what we like. I mean, yeah. I've just read for uni i've just read one of hannah's favorite books fingersmith by sarah waters and mm. that oh. was stunningly good now oh, i'm this book <laughs> apparently not apparently next according to my lecturer who has read everything apparently next time to do tipping the velvet and infinity yes, yes affinity yes whatever affinity. yeah affinity, affinity. Yeah. yeah yeah apparently those are the next two she wasn't that yeah. pleased on she wasn't that fussed on paying guest i am loving your lecture right now because she is bang on yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but she gets better again with the little strangers but the thing with the little strangers is that it that the whole lesbian community went oh my god there's no lesbians in it no <gasps> no, no this can't happen um so it got it got less positive reviews because the gay community was a bit miffed that she hadn't used lesbians. Well, I watched a film today that was based on Fingersmith. Yeah. Um, the Handmaiden. It's Korean and yeah. it's brilliant. That one. Is it good? Yeah, it's Have on you Netflix. Original, you need to watch the BBC drama. It's okay. Um, and I will, I will lend you my Tip in the Velvet DVDs. <laughs> it's fine. I can find it by nefarious means if need <laughs> be. The Velvet was so controversial as well at the time. I remember it being controversial yeah. at the time, but um, 
I was married to a man at the time who didn't like me to think even think about my sexuality and any mention of lesbians or gay sex would have him jump in on his grumpy trike and take in a run around the yeah. block on it so <laughs> I didn't get to watch it so Hannah Edge what poem are you going to read for us from someone else I'm assuming it's one of Myers but now we discussed this and I said that I couldn't decide between two poets didn't I and you said you can read both uh-huh. You can read both. This is okay. your special. You can Especially do what you want. Especially given that one of them is Maya Angelou. So, yes. Which is impossible to pick which one because there's so many that resonated with me. Um, Maya Angelou is the reason I am liberal. Maya Angelou is the reason that I will fight for black people until I am shot myself. Um, she is why I am so vociferous about slavery and why even though I am white, I feel what happened because she told me and she she came into me and 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 I and I was her and and I felt what she felt. She's powerful. Put, she and, put you in that moment, and that's what we were talking about earlier, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And so the poem I'm gonna do sort of connects with that and her feelings about colour is why, why I've gone with the one that I've gone, because every poem's amazing and it was about 10 and I had to whittle it down somehow. So, okay. Um, and then the next poem I'm going to do after is completely different. And, and you might tell me, tell me off. <laughs> Hannah Edge, the floor is yours. Cool. So it's called Human Family. I don't know if you know this one. I note the obvious differences in the human family. Some of us are serious. Some thrive on comedy. Some declare their lives are lived as true profundity and others claim they really live the real reality. The variety of our skin tones can confuse the news delight. Brown and pink and beige and purple, tan and blue and white. I've sailed upon the seven seas and stopped in every land. I've seen the wonders of the world, not yet one common man. I know 10,000 women called Jane and Mary Jane, but I've not seen any two who really were the same. Mirror twins are different, although their features jibe, and lovers think quite different thoughts while lying side by side. We love and lose in China, we weep on England's moors, and laugh and moan in Guinea, and thrive on Spanish shores. We seek success in Finland, are born and die in Maine. In minor ways we differ, in major we're the same. I note the obvious differences between each sort and type, but we are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. Yeah, human family. Oh, love yeah. it. Absolutely and there's a few love it. in that one, but I don't care. If anybody can get away with cliches, it's Maya Angelou. <laughs> well, that's a quote for the ages, isn't it? If anyone can get away with cliches, it's Maya Angelou. Damn right, damn right. I did my second year. Um, I remember being in second year, and that was when I discovered her. I went into this beautiful little bookshop in Liverpool. I hope it's still there. Um, and they used to do a lot of random poetry books. And I just went in, and there was, I think it was, um, it wasn't, the complete works it was just one of her individual collections I can't remember which one and I picked it up and I opened it as you do read a poem and went Ooh. 
Ooh. A more. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy this. And I went and paid for it. I went to the coffee shop across the road, sat there, read the entire thing, walked back to the bookshop and bought the complete works, and then turned around and went, I am doing my second year thesis on Maya Angelou and changed halfway through doing my thesis and made it all about her. And it was the most fun essay and, yeah, thesis, because it is longer, obviously, than just an essay. Um the, the most fun I've ever had doing something academically minded in that way. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So who needs to, who needs to analyze Seamus Heaney and Ted Hughes when you could analyze Maya Angelou? Oh my God, it was such fun picking it apart. Well, yeah. Ted Hughes, I always have an issue with anyway because the way he treated Sylvia Plath. But hey. yeah, <laughs> you aren't that great. No, I do like Seamus Heaney. To be fair, yeah, um, I kind of yeah. like the metaphysical poets. But it's all yeah. about trains going into tunnels and exploding wars. He's a horny sod, that Seamus Heaney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true that. We're all. Oh yeah, seriously. Though I came, I came across um, one of my Facebook memory things the other day where we were doing, um, God, who were we doing? Was it Wordsworth or somebody? And um, our lecturer had said he was obsessed with Fanny, and I just cracked up laughing. And I thought I may have been forty-seven at the time, but yeah, I'm still going to find the word Fanny funny. So old you get. So, so, so yeah. So who's your next poet? Who's your, yeah, so, who's your next poet? You're going to forgive me because it's 70s and you're going to forgive me for the reason why I'm doing it. And the reason why I'm doing it is because it was a song and the author, she, already, she also does poetry. So we're doing Patti Smith. Oh, I forgive you immediately. There's nothing to there forgive. Way. There we go. So we're doing Patti Smith. She does write poetry. Her poetry is phenomenal, can I just say. But I'm actually going to be doing one of her songs poetically. I can't sing. We're doing it poetically. Okay. We're doing it in a way that, that I hear it when I read it. Rather nice. Rather than the song sound. Um, I think Patty Smith would forgive me for this because the reason is that it's it was the light bulb moment. It was, it was Queer Summer on Channel 4, and I was just starting, my, the cogs were just starting to turn about why I liked to be around my female friends so much. Um, and I, a film came on called All Over Me, which by the way has Leisha Haley in. So nice. it's the L word and with pink curly hair. So I was, I was sold, mate. She played, oh, uh, no, we dive in. <laughs> There's a point in the film where Honestly, the, word, the, the the naughtiest it gets is a kiss. Like it's that sweet of a film. It's it's proper sweet love story, gay love story. And Alison Holland or Holland, Alison Holland. I want to say Holland. It's so long. I don't think she does any films nowadays. Okay. But at the time, she it, it she's the main character, and Leisha Haley kisses her. Now at that point, I would be going, Oh my god, this is amazing! This is amazing. Leisha Haley kissed me. Wow. She didn't, she freaked out because that was the character and she didn't know she was gay. And this song was on at the time and it was like a sucker punch. And the next day I, back before YouTube and, and, and the simplicity of songs, I went to a tiny little CD music store and got them to order the soundtrack from America. And I had to wait a month for it just so I could re-listen to that song. 
because we didn't have TiVo, we didn't have any of that. So I'd literally just seen this and I'd heard this song and it was pumping through me. And it was the song that made me go, I'm gay. Even though the song isn't explicitly, uh, there's no gay lyrics in it, but yeah. Does that well, make sense? Well, sure, it does. I've just looked it up all over me. 1997, directed by Alex Sichel with Alison Folland. Thank you. It was Folland. <laughs> it was Folland. <laughs> right, floor's yours, Hannah. Cool. So it's pissing in the river. So please forgive me, Patty. I hope you aren't offended. So, pissing in a river, watching it rise. Tattoo fingers shy away from me. Voices, voices, mesmerized. Voices, voices, beckon the sea. Come back, come back. Spoke of a wheel, tip of a spoon, mouth of a cave. I'm a slave, I'm free. When are you coming? Hope you come soon. Fingers, fingers encircling thee. Come for me. My bowels are empty, excreting your soul. What more can I give you, baby? I don't know. What more can I give you to make this thing grow? Don't turn your back. I'm talking to you. Should I pursue a path so twisted? Should I crawl defeated and gifted? Should I go the length of a river? The royal, the throne, the crimey river. Everything I've done, I've done for you. I'd give my life for you. Every move I made, I moved to you. And now I came like a magnet for you now. What about it? You're not going to... What about it? You're going to leave me. What about it? You don't need me. What about it? I can't live without you. What about it? I never doubted you. Should I pursue a path so twisted? Should I crawl defeated and gifted? Should I go the length of a river, the royal, the throne, the crimey river? Done. Wow. You can listen to the, the actual song version as well now if you've never heard it. It's an unbelievable song. To this day, it's my favorite. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. I mean, I saw Patty Smith live at Glastonbury. Oh, oh God! Um, oh. <laughs> I got dragged along because I wasn't so a, wasn't a fan. That's not dragged. I did. I got dragged along. I was like, really? If we got to go, if you want me to come and see Lionel Richie with you, you're coming to see Patty Smith with me. All right, fine. And absolutely loved it. It was like a religious experience. She yeah, did. What's the, what's the Southern Cross? Yeah, and. I lost my shit. <laughs> Literally, just a barrier went. See, yeah. told you you'd like it. <laughs> yeah. it gets you to the bones, like it like it goes beyond goosebumps, and it goes. It feels like goosebumps on my actual skeleton, like yeah. within, and and it just emanates. And 
yeah, I mean, I, I do follow her on Instagram and even now she's amazing and she shares her writing and her songs with her fans and it's just, oh, it's just gorgeous. I mean, she did make us sing happy birthday to the Dalai Lama, who I'm not actually that keen on. because <laughs> is quite religious. Religious, but the, well, it's not, it's, it's not the feudalism that. and the slavery and what have you. Actually, the Dalai Lama isn't as pure as people. I don't, I wouldn't like to comment. Yeah. <laughs> <don't know> <laughs> well, Lama, it's fine. Fair. I'm not keen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Dalai Lama, not keen. I've got a really funny feeling and... And I swear to God, if I find out she's listened to this, not that I ever think she would, but and she's like, I am not that religion. She's either Buddha or Muslim. I can't remember which. And I know yeah. they're completely different, but it's because of the type of songs that she sings and the kind of things yeah. she talks about. And she's all peace and love, not war. And she comes from that time in, yeah. in history she when they were really relevant. And she hung out with Jim Carroll, who is another poet that I adore. I mean, I love the poet scene. I wish I'd been alive for it, to be fair. Uh, it's all right. They'd have ignored you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm really, really misogynist. I'm not a big fan of the yeah, bits. Yeah, it got dreadful. However, give us, um, with that's a discussion for another day. And we, is, will have, yeah, we, we will have many, many, many of these discussions as as we go along, I have a feeling. Um, yeah, I like Pysmith then, did you? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So what poem of ours are you going to read? Of ours? Ours. See, I feel like it's ours because it I'm so involved, so involved in the publishing of the, the book. But mm. what poem of yours are you going to read? I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Daisy Chain. No, I nearly chose that myself. So go for it. I think it links in nicely with the ones that you did as well. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. Daisy Chain. We met at the after school book club, two geeks in a pod. When she spoke, I was wrapped, watching her talk with her hands, gesturing enthusiasm from Mallory Towers. Seeing her talk with her eyes, how they sparkled to Anastasia Clinton. Too young to understand why I needed to be near her. I wanted so badly to invite her for tea, share my toys, show her the books I slept with, my paper scented teddy bears. Primal instinct prodded me, discouraged me as though it knew this wasn't normal, a sandpit of confusion, a tummy of worms and butterflies, ladybirds and dragonflies. My throat a gobstopper lump as we sit at the back of the school field, shaded by evergreen pines, the screeching of happy football-playing kids floating by on the wind. She talked about why George was better than Dick or Julian. I plucked daisies and pierced holes in their stems with nimble eight-year-old fingers Threaded daisy into daisy, quietly wrapped the chain around her wrist. Yep, that's Daisy Chain. Love that poem. Showing my soft side, aren't I there? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you do have a soft side, and it's apparent in this collection that you do have very much a soft side. Um, I'm glad that comes across. A lot of people are surprised when they hear of a soft side, but it is there. 
of course it is of course it is so what i'm gonna say now is thank you so much it's been an absolute joy to have you on anna it's been amazing so good um what am i gonna say next i am going to read a poem that was sent in from a listener nice yeah um favorite of the show roger waldron um has sent in a a poem with the from the dancing bear prompt and it's lovely it's lovely it's it's really lovely and roger is an absolute sweetheart he always always retweets our stuff he always listens in he always comments so big shout out to roger who is our number one fan and honestly you keep coming up with poems of this this quality and i'm going to have you on the show so <laughs> yeah I, I may well have to um because this is a bear dances the watusi to tell you the truth, there was nobody more surprised than me when I took up with that dance teacher. She said she could sort my feet and that was one of the best chat up lines anyone had ever used on me. It was winter and there was nothing much else to do but learn how to dance. By the time spring came, I was looking at my feet when she met a bear of a man who could dance the Watusi without giving me a second glance. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't it though? Isn't that just a perfect example of how he's taken a, a single moment and honed in on it? Yeah. And, and it's the, the, that, that line that she gave to him about the Watusi. That's gorgeous. Yeah, you've got to get him on the show, definitely. Right. This is right. what I'm thinking. This is definitely what I'm thinking. So um, lines that make you go... Ooh, where is it? It's in coming out. Um, and it's the opening line of the opening stanza. And the line that made me go, oh, I really wish I'd written that, is they had no idea of the barrel of festering maggots that question represented. It's just such a fantastic opening to a poem because you're like, oh, okay, buckle up. We're going on a ride here. Yeah. A ride on the emotional roller coaster. And yeah, I'm not going to read the whole, the whole poem. Actually, I am because I love it. <laughs> and why Go not? <laughs> Go for it. This is coming out. They had no idea of the barrel of festering maggots that question represented. They didn't clock the irony of interrogating me during religious education. Perhaps if they questioned me during English, I could have stood upon my desk and poetically declared my unrequited love for another girl. Maybe if they had probed me during science, I could have made the teacher answer with a technical explanation about how bees sometimes prefer other bees. They should have quizzed me in maths. I would have used algebra to show how y plus y minus x equals happiness. The rumour was too tasty a tidbit. They couldn't wait. 
they insisted they had a right to know. P.E. was in the afternoon, see. So I muttered yes, because I cannot lie. And I sort of was, sort of am. So that's coming out. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm really not surprised. It's really very clever. Yeah, very I, that's, that's, yeah. It started off as a really angry poem, and then I just started having fun with it. And like, because it's so long ago for me, I, it's not raw emotions. So yeah. I can't write about it more subjectively and add a bit of humour to it. Um, yeah. I was proud of the editing of that one. I think I'm not surprised. <laughs> that's, that's, it's brilliant. So for other Kleisnaweth news, as you remember, Joe Thomas, who you remember from episode two, um, has a book out. You will remember that Cake, Liberty and Other Inexplicable Phenomena has been featured as a collection on the show too. It's a brilliant look at autism and asexuality. You should definitely read it. We were going to put Hannah's book for pre-order on Boxing Day but I made an executive decision today and being as we're having Hannah on the show today and we're reading from her book I thought may as well put it for pre-order now so when I do the show notes I shall put the link for pre-order in the show notes and you'll be able to bag yourself a copy of Hannah's book on the 1st of January new year new book new reading got to have something to do before you go back to work college uni whatever it is you do um we do have red bubble merch now and anything that we get from that will be going straight into our pay your artist budget details and links for everything will be in the show notes as usual oh in other exciting news we're getting a jingle we're getting, a, we're getting a theme tune. One of um, one of our listeners is writing it for us. Nice. Um, yeah, James is writing. James Draper is writing us a jingle. I could not be more excited. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, I did try and wind him up at first when he's like, well, what kind of thing are you going for? I'm like, okay, maybe QI if it was dubstep. And he's like, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have got, we have got um, a, a reasoning behind what we're doing. And yeah, it's gonna, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so it just leaves me to say thank you for listening i have been d dickens and you as ever have been bloody marvelous you can get in touch with the show on dickens and quips at gmail.com or on twitter and insta at dickens and quips i am on the ponty poet or d dickens poet or and author on facebook please do let me know what's going on in your area if you want to come on the show hit me up don't forget to subscribe so I can get into your lug holes. Um, Whiskey and Beards have resurrected the Winchester Fest after party. So Mondays on Whiskey and Beards Facebook page, you are going to be treated to absolute wonders of poetry and discussion about poetry and about creativity in general and other things such as addiction and recovery, mental health. It's stunning. The only reason I can't be there and take part every Monday is because I have lectures on Monday nights, but definitely go and give that a go. So I'm going to leave you with the prompt of the week in honour of Hannah. It is football.
is oh, I love it. <laughs> it's the prompt I of the week. I for this one then. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. And um, pop it in an email and I'll read it out on next week's show. So all it leaves me to do now is to say thank you so much, Hannah Edge, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute joy. It's been fun. Really enjoyed recording this. Another long one, which Mm. is not quite as long as the one with Connor, which ran to an hour and 18 minutes, but we're getting there. I was really shocked when it ended. I was like, how has that been an hour and 20 minutes? Yeah. (laughs) That's what me and Connor are like all the time. This is what our normal Zoom our normal like facebook messages and conversations are like he he's my um editor and my publisher as well and he he'll he'll send me a message going mate if you've got a quick 10 minutes and they're like book out the next hour because i know we're going to end up talking about all sorts so what i will say to you now is take care of yourselves try and make good choices i will see you next week and if you can't make good choices and write some poetry about it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.